So I've got another lovely woman to talk about, uh, yes. Lucille Clifton, Ooh. who is someone that I think I knew about and I read some of her stuff, um, just not a ton, because okay. um, her name sound, sounded very familiar and yeah. um, some of her poetry that I was reading. Um, so she was born Thelma Lucille Sales on June 27th, 1936 in Depew, New York, or Depaw, Depew? Where is it? Right here. Depew. Well, Depew. Depaw is spelled differently, but... Yeah. Um, and then she passed away February 13th, 2010. So very mm. close because, um, Interesting. I was March 20th, 2010. So very close to each other as well. Like yeah. same year and same sort of time of year. Wow. Um, so she was a poet, writer, and educator from Buffalo, New York. Hey, upstate. Upstate. Representing today. Um, <laughs> she went to Howard University from 1953 to 1955, and then she left to attend the State University at um, SUNY Fredonia, um, State University of New York at Fredonia, um, uh, which is where I did a choir camp two summers in a row when I, know, I was a in high school. That have gone to Fredonia. Yeah, so yeah. I, I got into their MT program. Um, didn't go there though. <laughs> They're lost. But um, it's a cool place. I like Fredonia. Um, she married Fred James Clifton, a professor of philosophy and sculptor, and they had six children together, four girls and two boys. Aww. She worked as a claims clerk, claims clerk for the New York State of Employment in Buffalo from 1948 to 1958 oh, and um, held various government positions for a while. Um, and then she became a literature assistant in the Office of Education in Washington, D.C. from 1960 to 1971. Uh, and during that time... She completed two collections, uh, Good News About the Earth and Ordinary, Ordinary Woman, uh, that were then published in 1972 and 1974. Um, in 1966, before those were published, Ishmael Reed took some of Clifton's poems to Langston Hughes, who, include, who included them in one of his anthologies. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And what an honor. My yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in her first poetry collection, Good Times, was published in 1969 and was listed in the New York Times as one of the uh, year's 10 best books. Um, from 1971 to 1974... 1974. 1974. I was reading ahead and poet is like right after it. So <laughs> 1971 to 1974, she was poet in residence at the Copen or Coppin State College in Baltimore. Mm. And some of her other collections of poetry include Blessing the Boats, New and Selected Poems, which won a National Book Award, Good Woman, Poems and a Memoir, Not which was... to be confused with her other book, Ordinary Woman. Yes. Um, mm. And so Good Woman uh, was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, another book or collection was Two-Headed Woman, which was also nominated... <laughs> yeah, uh, was also nominated for a Pulitzer Prize and was a recipient of the University of Massachusetts Press Juniper Prize. She was the Poet Laureate of Maryland from 1979 to 1985, and she also wrote a book called Generations, a Memoir, and then she wrote 16 books for children as well, specifically wow. for, um, written for an African-American audience. Like children's, children's books or children's books of poetry, or? It just said 16 books for children. Aww. Yeah, so I'm not sure if they were, like, children's books or children's poetry books or what. Um, her other honors include an Emmy Award for the, uh, from the American Academy of Television and Arts and Sciences. A for what? I'm not sure. Wow. She's an Emmy winner. Yeah. She must have written something. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's what she did. (laughs) Um, She won a Lannan Literary Award. She received two fellowships from the National Endowment for the Arts, uh, the Shelley Memorial Award, um, and the YMYWHA Poetry Center Discovery Award, and the 2007 Ruth Lilly Prize. Lots of things. Very Um, decorated poet. Yeah. In 1999, she was elected Chancellor of the Academy of American Poets. Amazing. Yeah. So. Wow. Did many things. Was and I've very accomplished. Never heard and of her. Who I'm, am I? Like, I, what? Yeah. Well, she was a woman, an artist of color, so. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about, people. Right. Right. And shame on me for not looking it up, but also, come on, people. <laughs> right. If it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this poem is called, Won't You Celebrate With Me? And it's mm. from a book called Collected Poems of Lucille Clifton. Won't you celebrate with me what I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no model. Born in Babylon, both non-white and woman, what did I see to be except myself? I made it up, here on this bridge between starshine and clay, my one hand holding tight my other hand. Come, celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I love that sentiment. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that red at every birthday that's party like, I ever have. Yeah, you know, like, that's yeah. the kind of, like... Well, that's just, like, a good daily mantra. Like, celebrate yeah. with me or something to say before you go to bed. Celebrate with me that something has tried to kill me and, and has failed. failed. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. It's so true. It's that, it's that sentiment of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And mm-hmm. she sounds like an incredibly strong, resilient woman. Yeah. And for that to be something that she's able to turn into a piece like that. That's yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love when she says, uh, my one hand holding my other hand, like she did it herself. She lifted right. herself up. She was the person that she needed for herself. Um, holding tightly to my other hand. Yeah, yeah, because I was expecting her to be like, oh, holding on to something else that's grounding me. Yeah, but like, yeah. she my, did it. She grounded herself. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I love between stardust and clay and, or starshine and clay. And that's a very vivid picture. I was yeah. imagining this like bridge in like a rural area upstate new york perhaps yeah like just like a bridge of like a dirt path around it just Mm -hmm. like looking up at all of the freaking stars you can see up there Mm -hmm. and like and the clay dirt and just being like look i made this Mm -hmm. i made me how beautiful like that is the kind of self-empowerment that i'm looking for in my life like yeah i want to be able to look myself in the mirror and be like hey Look at this beautiful thing I made. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Look at this beautiful like, life that, yeah. 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 Um, and a critic said that Lucille Clifton's poems are compact and self-sufficient. Yes. Her, so her, is she. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> her revelations then resemble the epiphanies of childhood and early adolescence, when one's lack of preconceptions about the self allowed for brilliant slippage into the metaphysical a glimpse mm. into egoless, utterly thingful, and serene world. Thingful. Yeah, yeah. That. So, Pretty yeah. Good critic, whoever wrote that. <laughs> Rita Doves, who said that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just love, and you can see that in this poem of, of someone who's just like, has this very sort of like, 
I don't know. Like it says, egoless and utterly thankful, serene. Like just her talk. Like I celebrate with me because it's also not just her being like, I did this amazing thing. And it's my life alone and no thanks to you. She's like inviting you, like come celebrate with me because I did this thing and like you did your thing too and like let's just celebrate celebrate life and like and all, uh, every day something has tried to kill us and has failed. Do you know how old she was when she wrote that? Um, I'm not, was... well, I am not sure. I'm not sure when she wrote that one. Because it's from a book called Collected, or this, it was referenced as being from Collected Poems of Lucille Clifton, so I'm sure it was from one of her other works and right. then put into this book, but that's what it said. In, well, actually, I'm getting very close to the mic. I can probably pull it up right now because I should still have it up on my computer. Um, it was... 1991, so after she died. Well, that's when, yeah, that, well, no, she died in 2010. Oh, sorry. Um, but Collected Poems of Lucille Clifton was copyrighted in 1991, so right. it was probably written before that. Interesting. Um, yeah. So maybe but also, like, midlife-ish. Right, so, so it's, I mean, it's a beautiful, simple, not simple, um, Compact, exactly what the what the it's like critics succinct. say. It's yes, it's a, and it's a very it's a very um, streamlined way to describe a full beautiful, beautiful life. life that mm-hmm. she was clearly proud of. Yeah, that she did on her own. Right. You well, know, and sort of when she's, I feel like it. It speaks to like what we've been talking about just in with these two poems of people of color not having representation and not being talked about and all that stuff. She says, "I had no model. Right. Um, both being non-white and woman, what did I see except to be except myself? Like she, she made this life for herself right. because there weren't people represented that she could." relate to and so she made that for herself and right. she built that for herself and said this is what I want so I'm gonna do it this is what being woman and non-white means to me mm-hmm. and this is the model I'm going to make and for I'm myself gonna celebrate that because it's a beautiful thing right yeah yeah um, here on this bridge between starshine and clay mm-hmm. my gosh I love it I also at first thought of when she's like when you first read mm-hmm. my one hand holding tight to my other hand, it almost reminded me of like in prayer. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she was a religious person or not. But like I, I like that. I like the idea more of her being like, I hoisted myself up mm-hmm. to this place that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And because when I read it for the first time, I thought it was I sort of like you. I thought it was going to be like my one hand holding this other person's hand, or my right. one hand holding the earth, the earth, earth or like yeah something. Yeah else yeah like you said to root her or to like lift her up and it's like no my hand was holding my other hand and I was what I needed to be for myself and I lifted myself up yeah I I just thought it was really really beautiful and I think it's so interesting that these two women lived like in the same time period Lucille was born about 10 years or so before um I but they were in sort of the same era um it's heartbreaking that they're both gone yeah, for I some know reason that that's really hitting me, hitting me hard right yeah, now. Yeah, that like, we don't have these beautiful, strong women to. But these voices aren't. I mean, we which can, is why we need to share their work now right. and share what they went through and the and the things they had to say because they're still relevant and still the best way to honor them. Today. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. To, to spread their their work and talk about it and make mm-hmm. it mainstream. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
Beautiful. So, Those are my two beautiful, strong ladies for the day. My heart is pumping day. so fast right now. Oh, I'm like, goodness. I'm moved. Worked <laughs> up. <laughs> I love, well, I love it. I love, it's, it's, I love that it was that, like, moving for you. It was you very and, powerful for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you uh, feel like you are moved as well. Are moved and want to share the works of these amazing ladies as well, and are inspired to sort of speak speak your truth or help give voice to truths that you know are not being heard right. um, from others or or whatnot. So, because it's important for us to use our voices. Um, Especially in the world that we live in today, and and with the social media and the platforms that we have, it's important. It's important to to reach out and express these things with people because we can build connections and we can we can make change. So I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they have a voice or that their voice is it's just one will million, make change you know? or be heard. But the bit the world is so big, and there's people who share your thoughts and want want to hear from you. And um, that is one thing that I've learned in our just our few weeks of doing this podcast mm-hmm. that we are just two voices yeah that's true mm-hmm. but the outreach that we've gotten from other people yeah has been so moving to me right. to hear that oh I really I really love the way you talk about these things and mm-hmm. oh I'm so glad that somebody else is out there like using poetry the way I'm using poetry and like you can say whatever you want about poetry if you don't like it fine but it really does it really is an admirable art form. Yeah, that it crosses. Gives, it crosses boundaries. It gives it people crosses cultures. It's it gives yeah. people a voice when they feel like they they wouldn't have one otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a unifying. Oh yeah. A, a unifying trait of poetry that I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to be able to discuss on this podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. Me too. Very happy for my my co-host and my listeners and. Mm-hmm. We're we're so lucky to get to be on this journey with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here.